Boom. All right, ladies and gentlemen, no matter what industry you're in, leadership is one of the things that is going to catapult your business or your group to that next level. And that's what today's show is all about. So let's get this one started. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Bros. Bros, let's get ready to dive into the world of leadership with our upcoming episode featuring a visionary leader who has dedicated his career to elevating organizational cultures. In this episode, we're going to explore the critical role of leadership in shaping extraordinary results. Our guest's expertise is in cultivating leadership skills that drive high performance and is about to offer you a treasure trove of insights and strategies that you won't want to miss. So whether you're a coach, a team leader, or an inspiring leader, this episode is your pathway to unlocking leadership excellence. So let's welcome to the show, Mr. David Kitchen. It can begin. Welcome to the show, David. What's going on, brother? Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to do this. Let's do this, man. Uh, leadership positions. Uh, I literally am a, a teacher at a high school. I have to deal with two age groups. I got the ninth graders that are just stepping into this uh, high school space, and I got the seniors who are about to exit and go into a world where they might know what they want to do, but chances are they don't. I remember being 17. I had no clue what I was going to do. Uh, what's your experience with leadership, man? How'd you get here? Yeah, man. So it's, it's been a wild journey. Uh, so my first experience, we'll back it up is actually cause it's kind of a funny story. Um, so when I was in high school, I was fortunate to go to a very good high school when it came to football, um, had the opportunity to be a good player on a great team, uh, and was a three-year starter. And so my first opportunity at leadership went like this. I was a three-year starter going into my senior year. Uh, we had the team captain vote. And I thought for sure I was about to be a captain, man. I was a three-year guy. I was like, man, this is a no-brainer. So we had our vote. I get called down to the office, to my coach's office, and I'm like, this is it. He's going to give me my C. This is going to be great. I walk in, and he says, Kitch, sit down for a second. And I'm like, oh, man, this isn't how this is supposed to go. And uh, so he said to me, you know, let me ask you something. Uh, did you vote for yourself? And I said, no. And he said, okay, he said, I'm going to give you a chance right now. I've never done this before in my career. I'm going to give you a chance. Do you want to change your vote? And I said, I wasn't aware that was something a person could do. Facts, man. <laughs> so so I, I'm like, uh, no, I don't want to change my vote. I think I'll stick with what it is. Um, and he looked at me and he said, well, Kitch, you're not a captain by one vote. Oh. And so that was my first experience with leadership. But here was the key to it, what he said next. He said, that C does not define you. He said, what you do over the next eight months going into your senior year is what defines you. So that was my first experience with leadership. Um, from there, man, had the had a great experience in college, um, was not a good player in college, was a very below average player. I didn't start a single game um, in my college career and then got into coaching and was fortunate to have a 10-year career in coaching. 
Um, I was a college strength and conditioning coach. And so I was fortunate. I became the youngest head strength coach in the country at 24 years old um, and then moved on to Division One. Was uh, spent some time up there. I was the youngest assistant director in all of FBS college football, uh, UNLV, for two seasons, and then went on to do it again in men's basketball. Man, so I'm one of the few people to reach Division One in both football and men's basketball. Uh, and then from there, the Edge Leadership Academy journey started, and that's when I launched the company at right at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, and we've been doing this for three years now. We've been rocking and rolling. Nice, dude. I mean, I mean, it sucks that you didn't make captain on that vote uh, that you didn't put on yourself for sure. That does suck. But uh, the fact that you've kind of taken that and catapulted your career to where it is today, that's that's a testament to what true leadership is all about. I got a buddy of mine, uh, Vinny. He he loves college football. Right. And so I don't really know much about college football, but every week he, hit, he hits me up and he's like, all right, here, here are the te- 10 games that we're picking on. Right. And he has this whole breakdown. He's all excited. It's super cool when he does it. Uh, but one of the picks this week was was Colorado. And you got Deion Sanders, who just moved his entire organization to go over there. And it's a testament to his leadership, right? Like, I bet on him because I know that he's the type of leader that's going to inspire people to move forward and to to kind of take that organization to a winning a winning team, which they currently weren't, right? And I'm going to ask you kind of the same thing. There's there's leadership and there's culture, and there's are, those are two kind of separate things, but they kind of go with each other. Why is it crucial for people to have both in an organization and for a leader to have uh, to understand what culture is like and then and then use it in his leadership style? Yeah, so there, there's a, a really simple pathway that's kind of the uh, the pathway to results, um, and it starts with leadership, and it, it goes leadership, culture habits, results, right? And that's that's the order. And if you reverse engineer any successful program, whether it's a business, whether it's an athletics team, whether it's the Navy SEALs, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's leadership, culture, habits, results. And so if you're a leader, you have to understand that that all starts with you. And the way that your culture is set is not by what you write on a hashtag or what gear you give your team or you know what your uh, HR department writes on your leadership statement or your culture statement. The way that you set your culture is by the way that you behave, by the way that you model the behaviors, because ultimately you're telling your team what's valued. You're telling your team what's important by how you spend your time and how you spend your energy every single day. So you're telling your team within our culture, within our organization, this is how we treat people. These are the behaviors that we celebrate. These are the behaviors that we reward. These are the behaviors that we don't celebrate. These are the behaviors that we punish, right? So you're setting the value system for your whole culture, starting with your own behavior. And so if you don't have an understanding of that, and if you don't understand that, you know, behaviors are caught, not taught, um, you're, you're in trouble. You're in for a world of hurt. And so I always urge leaders, you know, start by leading yourself. If you can't lead yourself first, you can forget leading the rest of the people. You're just a guy out for a walk at that point. I agree with you. You got to, you got to lead by example. It's kind of like uh, when you have that fit body, if you're, if you have this strength and, and, and the mobility, all of a sudden when you're coaching people on strength and mobility, it kind of makes sense, right? Like, yeah, this guy obviously knows what he's talking about. Look at him. He's built like a freaking ox. Yeah. That's the guy I want to follow when it comes to stuff like that. Leading by example is one of those key things. Uh, then we got a question over here. Let's assume that you are, do have a leader that's leading by example. What's probably one of the most important skills in a leader? What's one of those biggest things that 
Um, you are leading by example. Maybe you're like a, I, I was watching a Pete Carroll the other day on a, on a TikTok video and people were, were like making fun of him because he's over there running and throwing passes and people don't realize he's like in his mid seventies and he's running like, with, like one of these young guys. So what's some of those leadership skills that really kind of elevate that coach to that next level where people want to follow him? So there's actually five. There's there's five skills that um, I've both seen and experienced. And then I went back. I'm a, I'm a PhD student in psychology as well. So I, I took both sides of it. I'm like, OK, these are the best coaches and the best leaders that I've seen. Let's see what the research has to say about what the best character traits are in leaders and see if they line up. And they did. Um, and so what research has shown is that there's five main traits of great leaders. And those are I call them the five C's. Uh, so it's, it starts with character. First and foremost, great leaders know exactly who they are. They know exactly who they're not. And they have a vision. They have a mission. They have a set of values that they abide by. And they live by those things. And once you have that character, it allows you to lean into the second C, which is consistency. They're consistent in the way that they act, consistent in the way that they react, and they're consistent in chasing the same values on a daily basis, right? So I say all the time, consistency can either create 90% of your problems or solve 90% of your problems, depending on what you're consistent in. So that's our second C. The third C would be commitment, because once you're consistent in those things, then people around you can see that you're committed. And what are you committed to? Great leaders are committed to the people, the vision and the culture. That's it. They're not committed to results because they know that the results come as a byproduct of being committed to those first three things. Right. So you're, you have your character, you're consistent, you're committed. From there, you can start to be creative. So now you can look for opportunities to utilize your team's strengths and weaknesses. You can innovate. You can find new ways to do things. You can problem solve. All those things come from the first three C's, right? And then lastly, your ability to communicate. If you can't communicate the vision to people and if you can't communicate why it's important and why it matters, the rest of it goes out the window, man, because I think Simon Sinek said it, right? Like people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. So you have to give it a, uh, a 10, a 10. I'm yeah, loving it, folks, man. This is this is firing me up. <laughs> Good, man. I'm glad. It's all about having fun, right? No, it's perfect. So character, consistency, commitment, creativity, and then communication. I, I agree with you, man. Those are all definitely key aspects of any good leader. Um, I'm, I'm, let's dive into your business model, man. Do you everybody who comes on the show is coming here to promote what it is that they're doing. So if you can explain it as simply as you can, what are you selling, man? What are you here to promote? Yeah. So what we do is we travel the country. We host workshops. Um, we work on site. We work off site. We do a little bit of both. Um, so we basically have three legs to our business. All right. So I'll try and break this down real quickly for you. The first leg is our corporate training side. So we go into companies and we do management training. We do leadership training. We do sales training, communication training, um, anything that has to do with culture and results and habits. We handle it. We, we do that. Um, the second leg of our or the second leg of our company is our one on one coaching and mentorship program. So we do all that virtually. Um, I have a coaching cohort that I coach. I have a business partner um, who is an expert in sales. He does the sales side of it. And then we also have our one-on-one -on -one clients that we each coach for mindset, high performance, um, different types of habits and things like that. And then the third piece of our business is the keynote speaking. So I do travel the country and do keynote speaking. Um, I've been fortunate enough to do over 100 keynotes in the past two years. So it's been a, been a busy time, man. But that's kind of the basis of what we do. I tell people all the time, if it has to do with leadership or high performance, give us a call because there's something that we have uh, that fits that. 
I feel like uh, when it comes to coaching and mentoring, it's always the people that you kind of jive with, something that you connect with, because there's always somebody for somebody. Uh, Tim Grover's book, uh, where he talks about coaching Michael Jordan, I mean, that's one of the greatest athletes in the world, and you have somebody who's still coaching that guy to help him elevate his skills. What would you say to somebody who maybe is like on the fence? They're like, I don't know if I need a coach. I think I'm doing okay. Like, how do you how do you convince somebody to find a mentor, even if it's not you or me or whatever? Like, how do you convince them that coaching is the way to go? Yeah, I, I mean, the first thing you always look at is like the old adage: like, if you want to go, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together, right? And if the best in the world have coaches, then why don't you? That that's always my question. What are you afraid of, right? What's the fear? And so let's talk about that, you know, and, and I think um, I look at my own example. And again, I try and practice what I preach as much as I possibly can. Like I have three coaches. I, and I think to me, um, I've looked at my business and I've watched that 10x. I've watched my relationships get better. I've watched, you know, uh, my personal and mental health get better. Like I work with coaches. The best in the world works with coaches. It just makes sense to me, right? Like success leaves clues, um, you know, but at the end of the day, when I'm looking at clients and maybe I, I'm a little bit different. I'm not a hard sell. Like I'm not going to come out and sell you on, on working with me or working on, on coaching. Like I want people that want to do the work. I want people that want to live in the arena. Like that's the big thing that we say as our company, two things we say built, not born. And we say live in the arena. Um, and so I honestly, I'm probably my business partner would hate this because he's the sales expert, but I don't do the hard sell. Like if you want to be great and you want to compete and you want to be around somebody that will pour into you and have the hard comp conversations and hold you accountable and set up your success systems, I'm your guy. Um, if you're not interested in those things, man, it's going to be a long road for you. I wish you the best of luck. I want to see you eat, just not at my table. Oh, dude. Welcome to the arena, baby. Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? man who are you targeting like a, a coach can have so many different things they can coach athletes they can coach uh you, you mentioned on the corporate structure the one-on-one -on -one coaching uh if you had to pick that ideal person that you want to work with who is that yeah so right now our demographic breaks down we're, we're mostly in that uh new manager to senior management um are the people that want to do our group programs uh, so maybe somebody that's taken over a team for the first time, getting their first district manager role, something like that. As far as the one-on-one -on -one coaching, I work mostly with entrepreneurs. Uh, I work mostly with C-suite execs. Those are those are my primary uh, clients as far as my one-on-one -on -one coaching. Our sales is more kind of the, the sales rep version. Um, my ideal client at the end of the day, I don't care if you're worth $5 or $50 million. As long as you are willing to do the work, man, I will work with you and I will bleed for you. Um, and we'll get this thing done. So I, I, again, maybe not the best answer from a, from a sales standpoint, but it's the way I approach my business, man. And it's worked for us. Uh, we, we say all the time, we're not for everybody. You know, we, we have, we call it the edge family, our clients, when they become part of this family, man, they, that's who they are. That's what they do. Um, they ride for us and we ride for them. Now, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. That's what you do, dude. That's what you do. All right. What about like offers and promos? Obviously, you're doing some corporate training. You want to get as much exposure as possible. You want to want people to come in the door. What's some of the stuff that you're doing to help promote your business right now? Me? I'm giving away free money. So the big things that we do um, are we we set up packages. So we do series, right? So in the, we call them the, the tours. So in our spring tour, we did eight cities, eight different companies in eight weeks. 
Um, and those eight companies worked together. We did kind of a profit share model. It was a little bit different for us, um, but that was awesome. We try and do that. We do our summer campus tour as well. So every summer we are on the road, um, usually six to eight weeks, and we hit different colleges um, and we go out and do those. And usually for those, again, we cut a kind of a group rate or a discounted rate for the, for the summer. Um, and then in the winter, we'll have our winter tour as well. So we split our stuff up. I like I'm the, I'm a grinder, man. I'm like, dude, let's do eight cities. Let's let's get on the road. Let's go have fun. Let's get with the people. Um, and so that's the big thing for us. The one on one coaching stuff as far as promoting that. The big thing that we do is social media marketing. I mean, one of the things that that we're most proud of in our business is that we grew this thing with zero ad spend. I mean, we have not spent a dime on any advertising since we started three years ago. Um, and we've, you know, doubled in size every single year. So, you know, that's been our kind of what we've held our hat on is that our customers and our clients are our best salespeople. You know, they go out and they pound the pavement for us. Let me ask you about that because uh, in my class, I'm teaching my kids how to uh, write ad copy, how to create funnels, landing pages, uh, automations, and workflows. Uh, and, and I want them to have that skill set to go out in the world, whether they do business for themselves or they get a job, to know what those skills are capable of and what they can do, what they can do literally coming out of high school with that kind of skill set. Um, you're, you're, you're an audience with 17 year old kids. And, and every time I explain to parents what the course is, they're always like excited. I wish I had that in high school. And then I try to remind them, you don't remember what it's like being 17. It's like not super important to you yet until you graduate high school. So if you can talk to a 17 year old and kind of express the importance of the skills that they're learning, what would you say to them? Oh man, it, first off in today's world, the ability to control your narrative and control your brand through being able to communicate who you are, what your values are, what your mission is, um, is absolutely invaluable because the first thing that somebody does when they meet you is they Google you. And so your online presence and the things that you're putting out there should represent your brand. Everybody has a personal brand and the best thing that you can do is leverage that, um, to be a tool for you. And so, you know, learning the skills to be able to effectively communicate who you are and control that narrative is going to get you in the door in so many places, it's going to get you opportunities um, that that's a big thing for me is. And I talk to my team about this all the time, like your persona on social media should be exactly what you want people to know about you. Like it should be authentic. It should be you, right? Like we show everything. I tell my, my team all the time, like, dude, show your kids, show your family. If you're going out in golf and show that because we are authentic. And so I think your ability, I think that's the key to great marketing, right? Is storytelling. It's your ability to tell a great story that makes you relatable and it makes your clients feel like, hey, they are one of us. Right. And that's why we do so much work. That's why I work in the home office. I don't have an office space. I do this on purpose. This is intentional because I want all of our content. I want people to see my dog walking in and out of the room. I want people to see me, you know, tripping over a wire, going to move something like that's who I am. That's who we are. We're relatable people. And so um, to speak to your point, man, the ability to communicate that is just so massive in today's world. Um, if you can control your narrative early and often, you're going to build a brand and, and the sky is the limit. You see people getting opportunities in all types of different spaces from their ability to sell themselves. Um, and ultimately, that's what it is. Oh, you're right. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. 
you got a quote about young how young athletes resonate with uh, so many people and they're thrust into leadership roles all the time. Sometimes they get made captain because they get the votes, no pun intended, right? Uh, they, they get thrusted into like leadership roles like that where they're, they're captain of their team or otherwise they're in their classroom and they have to lead something. How, does, uh, how do you kind of guide them to have the proper guidance so that they can kind of address the challenge of leadership when it's thrusted on them and they're not necessarily looking for a leadership position, but they're placed in one. Yeah. I, when you're dealing with those situations, it's a little bit different. Um, when I have somebody that is kind of just forced into that leadership role, the number one thing I tell them is lean into your strengths, like know who you are, know who you're not, because people have that bull crap meter and it goes off from a mile away. And so if you try and be something that you're not just because you have a C on your jersey or you just got that management title, it just doesn't work. You know, you have to be you. And so I tell people all the time, um, if you don't know what to do, just be who you needed. Right. So think back to when you were that sophomore or that freshman on that team or if you were that junior partner or whatever it is in whatever environment. Be the mentor that you needed, be the leader that you needed, be the person that you needed. Uh, And if you do that and lean into your strengths, whatever they are then that's going to be the best approach for you, right? So if you're not a loud person, don't try and be a loud person. Be you. Just turn your volume up a little bit on, on your on the personality traits that you already have, right? You don't have to reinvent yourself. Um, and I think a lot of people fail because they do try and reinvent themselves when they become leaders. Um, if anything, you should be more human. Humanize yourself. Um, and so like even for me, when I'm on stage – I'm so open and raw with our audiences. Like I, I'm, I'm me, you know, and I tell people all the time I make mistakes. I'm not a guru. I, I'm walking through the same Valley you're walking through. I just happen to be a couple steps ahead and I got a flashlight. That's it, man. You know, I'm not special. Um, and sometimes when young people get put in those leadership roles, they feel like they have to put on the Superman cape and they feel this pressure to perform and this pressure to do all these things. When in reality, what they should do is lean into leading with humility admitting their mistakes, owning their downfalls, and then working on those things in public. Like I say, work out loud, you know, work out loud on your flaws, man. So that, that would be my advice to those young leaders. That's uh, that's great advice, by the way, because you got to be yourself. There's, there's, uh, well, I guess Rocket says it better. Ain't no thing like me, except me. That's right? it, brother. Ain't no thing like me, except me. So let me ask you, there's always a um, book, and then there's real life, right? There's theory and then there's execution. And in almost any leadership position, theory only goes so far. Execution has to take you the rest of the way. I got a, I got a mentor who says there's no such thing as a million-dollar idea, only million-dollar execution. And I think that's kind of the key to leadership. How does, uh, how does Edge kind of bridge the gap between theory of practice and then actually approaching it to leadership development? Yeah. So the number one thing that we do is we get out of the theory. We we lay that stuff out up front and then we move on. Like we don't spend time banging our heads on that stuff. The big thing that we want to give people is measurable action, right? So we want everything to have an action attached to it. So if we're going to redevelop a culture, right, then it's like, okay, here's step one. We're going to define our values. And then from there, we're going to figure out a KPI or key performance indicator for each of those behaviors that go with those values. Like we say all the time, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. So mm-hmm. we're looking for opportunities to measure as many things as we can that that coincide with our winning behaviors within our culture and within our team. So if I'm a leader, I'm looking at, OK, 
I, if I want to improve my communication skills, I want to ask myself and I want to audit my habits and say, what are my habits in communication? I'm literally going to write this down. How many times today did I drift off during a conversation? What was my body language like when so-and-so came in my office? Right. And I'm taking notes on those things. So that's where we get into the execution piece is we want to make sure you're being aware. We, we call it living life in HD, right? You have to see the details of what's going on around you and be able to measure those things. Because again, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. Um, and sometimes when you get into the theory world and you start just reading the books and you start just diving into all the management courses and all these things, you start trying to change a million things without measuring anything. And then you don't know what's giving you the output that you're getting. So you have to be able to you have to be able to isolate those inputs. And so that's where we come in and help you identify what your KPIs or your winning behaviors are going to be from a management standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, from a culture standpoint, from an accountability standpoint. I mean, each of those things has to have a scorecard and you have to be able to put the work in on that because it's a daily endeavor. It's not something that you do once a quarter. That's why the habits, that's why the results, if it can't be measured, it can't be improved. That's how we say it all the time. David, you've been a great guest. I mean, you can tell why you've been uh, on different podcasts, why you're a keynote speaker. It definitely shows. Uh, I'm going to ask you uh, if people want to reach out, they want to find out more about what you have to offer. Um, how can they do that? How can they get a hold of you? What do you got to offer them? I'm going to make them an offer. They can't refuse. Yeah, so I'm, I'm taking on one-on-one -on -one clients right now. Um, we're also taking on sales, sales training clients as well. So we do have coaching spots available. We also have a couple group cohorts available. Um, so if people are interested in getting some people together that they know, or if they want to just be put into a cohort, um, reach out to me, man. I'm, I'm at coach D Kitch on every social media. I keep it simple. Um, I'm always available to talk and always available to answer DMS. The other thing that we have coming up, that's really exciting is we do, uh, our exclusive mentorship group. Uh, there is an application process, but we call it the table. Um, it's cool. So we say all the time, everybody wants to bring something to it and everybody wants a seat at it. Um, and so our table group will be opening up again. Uh, we're in week seven now. So four weeks from today, five weeks from today, we'll be opening that back up. That link will be on our website. Um, but there is, like I said, an application process. So you have to reach out to me directly to be considered. Uh, we'll have a meet and greet. We'll go through that thing. I'm very, very I'm very um, intentional about the way that I curate that group because I want it to be a really high value um, opportunity for people. And so you get access to our Discord channel. You get access to a bunch of exclusive things. You get live trainings with me every single week. You'll talk to me twice a week if you're in that group. Um, so you'll have me for an hour and then you'll also get me for a 30 minute individual call. So it's kind of the best of both worlds with the individual coaching and the group coaching at the same time. Uh, so again, that'll be opening up soon, the table. Um, and then other than that, man, we're always open to do keynotes and come in and do workshops for people. So, you know, follow us, check us out on social media, go to the website, edgeleadershipacademy.com. There's a booking link in there and, and we can get this rock and rolling. Boom. All right, man. Thank you very much for coming on today. Ladies and gentlemen, the website is edgeleadershipacademy.com, edgeleadershipacademy.com. And one more time, you can catch uh, Mr. David Kitchens on social at Coach D. Kitch, on social at Coach D. Kitch. David, I got one more kind of a selfish question, man. Everything from when you book the spot on the show to getting our reminder emails, uh, offers that we get. Now you came on and created uh, almost 30 minutes of, of long form pieces of content with us. What was your experience like working with the business bros? 
hey man, this has been fun. You do a good job. It's it's fun to go back and forth with somebody that asks good questions um, and is locked and loaded. I got to be honest, I didn't know that the questions were in the calendar invite until I clicked the link today. So I was not prepared for the questions. I was shooting from the hip with you, but I think that's fun, man. When you have a good host that's able to keep it live and keep it fun, uh, it makes these podcasts so much more enjoyable. I think I've done 40 of them this summer. We're on a big PR campaign right now. So I think I've done 40 podcasts this summer, and this is definitely in the top three, man. This is this has been a really good time. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, by the way, the uh, the questions I throw in the calendar link are just kind of like guidelines. You ever watch Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah. <laughs> They're more like guidelines, right? They kind of help guide a discussion, but I don't use them all. So, uh, But it's definitely how we, we do show prep and make sure that you know, we know who we're talking to and, and we have a good conversation all the way through. So we create content that is actually valuable and useful, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Believe that. All right. Well, David, thank you very much again for being on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, one more time, edgeleadershipacademy.com, edgeleadershipacademy.com. Everyone needs a coach. Even the most elite athletes have coaches. you got to find one that will help you out, edgeleadershipacademy.com. David, thank you very much for being on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I got a new clip and I want to make sure I do that one. So make sure you guys have a nice day. Catch you guys in the next one. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast, but not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.